This morning, we're continuing in our series, thinking together about re-entry, and of course, we are thinking that about that in terms of our present pandemic, but we're also thinking about that in terms of the disciples and what it was that they were called to do as they re-entered into um, ministry after the resurrection of Jesus, um, after Easter, which we celebrated a couple weeks ago, um, and, and their central message outside of um, the time after Easter when, when Christ was, was ministering to them and then eventually when he ascended and, the, and Pentecost came was the centrality of Jesus. And so we're focusing this season on the centrality of Christ and who Christ is and we're looking at the book of Hebrews in order to do that this morning. We're in Hebrews chapter 3, the first six verses. We're going to spend some time learning there what God has for us as we understand more the centrality of Christ to our faith. But um, to sort of intro and get us warmed up this morning for digging into God's word, um, I want to talk to um, the kids out there. First of all, kids, uh, I, I hope and encourage you the children's ministry has given you some tools to be able to engage with worship this morning. We hope that you can do that. In fact, um, I'm, I'm, I want to bless you uh, as we enter into our time of worship. If you would stand where you are and we're going to bless you, and um, I ask parents and friends in the room who are not those kids, put your hands up towards those kids, and your blessing is simply this. May you always know God's love. One, two, three. May you always know God's love. Kids, you're going to turn, you're going to bless your family and your friends who are there too. Your blessing is the same thing. One, two, three. May you always know God's love too. We love you, kids, and I've been thinking a lot about you this week, um, I was thinking about what the last number of weeks has looked like for you. If you're, say, five or six years old, maybe you're a little bit older, um, you probably thought about six or seven weeks ago when all this started and you were at home with your moms and, and your dads, whoever else was there. You were thinking, wow, this is crazy and weird. And you were thinking, well, I don't have to go to school. So maybe you were thinking, I get more time on the iPad or I get more time on the phone or I get more time on, on, on this. Maybe I can, I can do some of those things that I like to do around my house a little bit more. And there was probably for you, you little kids, um, some level of excitement, right? You were like, I get to do these things. I don't have these other things maybe that I don't always like, like school. But maybe you were also one of those kids who really likes going to school and you thought boy I really miss my friends and I don't get to see my teacher and I don't get to hang out at recess and do all the things that I like to do um, but my guess over no matter who you are and, and how you've approached this that over the last number of weeks you've sort of changed in some of the things that you do you've you've figured out some new things that you maybe want to do. Some of you have maybe um, invented um, new forts in the house. Maybe you put together a pillow fort or a blanket fort um, somewhere in your house and that became like your little secret spot for your, for your new club that you put together. Maybe you, um, maybe you included your brother or your sisters. Maybe you excluded them because they weren't allowed into your little fort or your club. Maybe you've... Um, figured out some new things. Maybe you started, maybe mom or dad got you a new craft, something that you can work on. Maybe um, you've started drawing more or writing more. Maybe you've, you've done some really cool things with um, making stuff around the house. Um, what I'm, my point is, is that over the last number of weeks, my guess for you kids, 
that your experience, you're doing different things now than you were before. You've changed. You've grown over this season. And I want to highlight that growth because if, if our five and six-year-olds in our community can grow and figure out new things in a new reality, then all of us can do that. In fact, all of us should be able to do that. And that's the point that we want to dig in this morning in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, that in Christ, our responsibility is to continue to move towards the new things that God has for us and to continue to discover what new things God is calling us to be a part of now and in the future. And I think this is so poignant now. In our season of this, um, you know, uh, physical distancing and all this stuff, because we see in our world new things. There are things that are we're discussing and thinking about and imagining for the future that weren't there three months ago. We're thinking about that in light of the church. We're thinking about that in light of uh, the economy. We're thinking that about that in light of politics, social norms, sports, everything. And so if there are new things ahead for us, for us to wonder this morning what God is building, that's a, that's a, a, a metaphor that you're going to hear this morning a lot. God is building in us and God is building in his creation. If God is building something, how do we participate in that new thing ahead? As we dig into God's word this morning and discover how he's building new things in us, let's pray for his presence and blessing on our time. Father, be present with us. Encourage us. Challenge us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear the new things that you call us towards. If we're five years old or 95 years old. If we are a person who has um, uh, embraced this new reality and understood it is an opportunity to grow. Or if we have a person who has rejected it and tried to stay the course in the things that we've always done. No matter who we are, Father, and no matter where we are, meet us. Do your work of transforming us. Challenge us that we might be built more and more by who you are and what your plan is for us in the days, in the months, and in the years ahead. Lord, may that be our purpose, to glorify you in the new ways you have for us ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles, again, Hebrews chapter 3. It's going to be right near the end, maybe about 20, 25 pages from the end of your Bible. And we're going to look at the uh, first six verses of chapter 3. We're going to start with the first two. It says this, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Remember, we talked about high priest a little bit last week. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. So we get these two verses, and the first one um, tells us that we share a calling with Christ, and then the second verse shares how Christ fulfilled that calling, and if Christ fulfilled that calling and we have the same calling of his, as him, then we need to think about and discover what the calling is for him. And his calling was to simply be this, was to be faithful. 
faithful to the one who appointed him. And I think that that's a really important thing for us to hear right now. Because when we're walking through this world that we're in where things are so unsettled and there are so many questions and it seems to continue. I mean, I thought at some point this would change, but it doesn't seem to change. That every day there's something different and something new for us to sort of figure out and adjust to. That for us within all this change and all this unsettledness and these places where we can have fear and doubt, to continue to be faithful to the calling of Christ. And those, that, that calling of Christ is to A, not to be afraid, to be, to love him, the Lord our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to go out and make disciples. It's sort of thinking about this in terms of the, the, the first thing of do not fear, the second thing of fulfilling the two greatest commandments, and third, fulfilling the greatest commission. That within this unknown, that we live into all of those things with as much as we are, despite the fact that everything's unsettled and fearful around us. That's the calling of Christ, and that's really hard. It's really hard when we have serious questions. We have serious questions about what has been lost during all this. I think of some of you who are unemployed. I think of some of you who have lost employment. I think of some of you who have significant questions about future employment. It's so unsettled that you're not sure what God has for you ahead. But within what it is that you're experiencing for you to continue to be faithful. Even for you kids, you're wondering, okay, what does school look like in August and September? For you, even as you wonder about the future, to be faithful. As we think about the politics of all of this situation, where we wonder, has government overstepped? Has government not stepped in enough? For us to think of what it means to be faithful in all of that, to respect our authorities and while at the same time speaking truth and love. How is it that we're faithful in an incredibly difficult situation? Because we see from God's word, Christ was faithful to that calling. And think about how much more difficult it was for him. He was confronted by a world that hated him, rulers and authorities who didn't seek to limit him, they sought to destroy him. And yet within that, God in Christ was faithful. And because he lived faithfully into that calling, we received the blessing of the grace of Jesus Christ. How much does God have ahead for us if we are faithful to the calling that we've been given through Jesus? It's funny because even in verse 1, we have some very clear instruction how to do that. What does it say? It says this. Holy brothers and sisters, you share in the heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. How fixed are you on Christ? Right now. In this world. When you go through your day. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Because I was thinking about the conversations I had. I, just so you know, I come into the office every day. Um, I'm here. I want to be a physical presence in case there is anything that comes here. Um, it also is a quiet space where I can work. Um, 
but while I'm here, I do things. I focus on some of the meetings that I have with various, various groups and various people, staff and council of church and working on some devotionals and, and some planning for the future and thinking about reentry and all that other sort of stuff. But what I'm struck by as I was sort of working through this week is how much of my time and energy is fixed anywhere but Jesus. It's easy, actually, at times, especially if I know that there's important press conferences. Let's say the governor of California is giving a press conference, or the um, mayor of Los Angeles is giving a press conference, or even a federal press conference with the president. I can click on a website and be able to watch that. And in watching what it is that I watch, are my eyes fixed on Jesus? Or are my eyes fixed on the things of this world? Do I get consumed in those moments by fear and by doubt, by big questions that can consume me? I think one of the greater challenges for us right now, especially when there's so many questions and so much unknown, is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who's never surprised by stuff like this. Christ is never caught off guard. Christ is known from the beginning of creation that you would be in this space. I would be in this space right now. And if that's the case, this eternal, omnipotent, all-present being who loves me is present here, then for me to fix my eyes on Jesus and trust that what he's done in the past in caring for his people, he will continue to do in the future as he cares for me, my family, and all the people that I love. As I fix my eyes on Christ, I can trust in his faithfulness as I seek to be faithful to the calling that he's put on me. Let's continue verses 3 and 4. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone but God is the builder of everything. Now, here in these two verses, we hear really quickly that God in Christ receives greater glory because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. If you know that passage elsewhere in scripture, that Christ is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So if we're going to be faithful for us, us to continue to fix our eyes on Jesus means we're putting in the center of our view and our viewfinder. We're making sure that the center of our viewfinder is the one who's doing the work, making us faithful, who's authoring and perfecting our faith. And since that's the case, he should be given glory for all he does to build us as his people, right? God should be given all the glory for what he does to bring you into these places where he's transforming you and moving you and changing you, where God is giving you opportunities, really what we're talking about this morning, to grow. This is a time and a season of growth, isn't it? My guess is, is that if we were sitting here talking, the two of us, they, and if I asked you this question, what have you learned over the past six, eight weeks, you would have things to say. You would probably say what some people have told me on the phone when I've talked with them. I've learned some of the things about what is most valuable in life. I've learned about some things that I need to let go of. 
I've learned about some things that, that I need to put aside because I was so focused on those things that I lost sight of the most important things, my family, my faith, my church, my love for Jesus. My guess is that you have learned things in this process if you think about it. But here's the challenge, right? And the challenge is when we go through those difficult things, those things which are most prone to help us grow and change, how do we feel about them? Because if we know how change comes, it comes most poignantly often through suffering. We don't like it. We don't like suffering. We don't like this. I'm sick of this. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the fact that, um, that, that Kristen and I can't go to a restaurant with friends. That um, we try to figure out other ways to be social, but it just doesn't cut it. I'm sick of the fact that this, this room is empty, save for the praise team, worship team, and technical team. I want to see you. And I hope you want to see me. We want to see each other and live in faith. But we don't have that right now. So what do we do? We complain. But if we're following the argument that God is building us through things like suffering and things like challenge, then we are complaining about exactly those things that are helping us grow the most. Here's how I want you to think about it. There's a couple of kids, you probably, you kids, maybe you're in a room where you got some Legos. Wherever you are, I want you to go grab those Legos. Put them in front of you. You can even listen to me while you do Legos. That's okay. I can handle it. And I want you to get those Legos in front of you, and I want you to make something. You can make whatever you want. I don't care what you make. Maybe you can make a dog. Make a dog because dogs are fun and awesome, and you can make a dog while you're sitting here and listening to me. And I want you to pick up whatever pieces you're going to use to make that dog, and I want you to put them together however in your imagination your Lego dog looks like. Keep working. Now I want you to pick up a piece and just hold one piece that you're going to use to make your dog. And I want you to look at that piece for a minute. And I want you to imagine that as you hold that piece in your hand, you're ready to put it exactly where you think it looks best. That that piece looks you in the eye. Somehow it has Lego eyes, maybe one of the little circle things on top. And it looks at you and it says, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. That's not the right place for me. That's the wrong spot. I'm supposed to be over here. I'm supposed to be in this spot. I don't like that other color Lego that I'm beside. I don't like that other shape of Lego that I'm beside. I want to be over there, which is a better spot for me, doing that thing to make your dog. Of course, that's ridiculous. Legos don't argue with you. They may not go exactly where you want them all the time, but they don't have an argument with you. But followers of Jesus do, don't we? Aren't we the sort of people that oftentimes argue with exactly those things that God is using to build us? The author and perfecter of our faith is using these things to build us in exactly the shape and form that glorifies himself in his house, which he is building. We're going to hear that in a moment. And yet, we want to be those pieces that argue back with the builder of our faith and say, you're not doing it right. 
and we complain and we grumble. You can even imagine in your mind the people of Israel wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. How often they grumbled. And yet, that 40 years in the desert was exactly what shaped and formed them to be God's people when ultimately they entered into the reward of the promised land. It strengthened them as God's people. And yet, how often they grumble and complain. Well, friends, if we're going to learn anything, let's learn from history. That God has us exactly where he wants us right now. And no matter the difficulty, no matter even in the worst of circumstances, if someone that you know is sick, or maybe even someone died from the virus, maybe even something like you've lost your job, you don't know how you're going to get to May with your Finances. You don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe this whole thing has highlighted some conflictual relationships in your home. And you don't know how you're going to get through this. For us to always understand that since God is who God is building us, that within that spot, no matter where that spot is, there's something for us to learn and grow from. And we might even, in the best of our moments, no matter how difficult the circumstances be able to give him glory and praise for it because we know right now he is preparing us for things that are ahead. Let's continue with verse 5. It says this. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. Now, if you have your Bible, my guess is you read that sentence simply like this. You said, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. You might have just read it through like that, but maybe, and I don't know what your Bible has, my guess is it has quotation marks, right? Where does it have quotation marks? Who's reading along? Mark, where does it have quotation marks in that verse if somebody's walking along? Right at the beginning, right? Verse 5 starts with this quotation. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house. I'm going to give you a little hint. Whenever you're reading the Bible and you see a quotation mark around it, it means it's quoting scripture from somewhere else. You should always wonder where it is that it's quoting from and what's going on there. So if you know anything about this quotation you know that that quotation comes from the book of Numbers chapter 12. Those of you who have study Bibles, you're going to see it in your footnotes. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. What's happening in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7? You can yell it at the screen if you want. I can hear you. <laughs> What's happening is Moses is being criticized. Moses is being criticized by Aaron and Miriam, Aaron's wife, and they are criticizing Moses because he has married a Cushite woman. And they're calling Moses' leadership into question. And they're in fact saying, you're listening to Moses, you should listen to us because he's not being the perfect leader. And can't we lead as well? And what you hear is... God calling Aaron and Miriam together and in essence chastising them with the words and saying Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house. 
And what we're hearing by the, the, the uh, writing of Hebrews here, that it would quote that passage of scripture, that it is reminding us to be faithful even when we, like Moses, are surrounded by difficulty, criticism, and conflict. And those are actually the moments that we need to live in mostly into our faithfulness, the most of our faithfulness. That's where it's so pivotal and important to trust in God's plan and purpose that he is building us as the author and perfecter of our faith. In the same way that Moses could now be spoken of in the book of Hebrews, because he was faithful in all of God's house, he received the reward for his faithfulness. We likewise can experience that in the future as we live deeply into faithfulness, especially when it's hard to do so. That's the challenge. That's the challenge of accepting that God is building us even through difficulty, trial, and the hard stuff of life. In the middle of his work, Moses fixed his eyes on God, even when it was hard, and even when it was attacked, and we can learn from him. As we fix our eyes on Christ, no matter what we're walking through, let's finish the passage, verse 6. But Christ is faithful as son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. If God is over the house and Christ is building his house, then we can trust him. And you're all going to say, oh yeah, yeah, I can trust him. But again, how does Christ build his house? He builds it through the difficulty and the challenge that we experience. It means that we need to be able to say, I will glorify God even when he's building my house, building me as part of his house in the difficulty of life that I'm experiencing. This is where joy in suffering comes, which is striking because scripture calls us to that, right? Paul says, take joy in your sufferings that they might bring you closer to Christ. Here we're hearing it again. If Christ is building us through our sufferings, then we can fix our eyes on him, have the confidence in him, because God is faithful to us even when it is difficult. And you'll notice that there is a condition here. If we hold firm to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. We're hearing it's on us. It's on us being able to say, today I will fix my eyes upon Jesus. Yes, God will do the work in us through the Spirit, transform us and move us, but it's our choice. It's our choice tomorrow morning when we wake up in the morning and who knows what tomorrow brings. If nothing else from all this, we've learned that. Who knows what tomorrow brings? But you stand in front of your mirror as you get ready in the morning and you say, today I can affix my eyes on Jesus. I will have confidence in what it is that he has planned for me, no matter how difficult the circumstances are. 
No matter what the trial is, no matter how much longer the pandemic goes on, no matter how much longer we're separated from each other, no matter how much longer this political fight turns ugly and crazy in the world around us, no matter how long it is that we, we don't have some of the things that we long for, no matter how long some of the things that bring us joy and life like pro basketball or pro baseball or, or concerts or those things that we can gather together church on Sunday morning, gather together with God's people and experience joy no matter how long these things last that we can take joy in who Christ is and how he is at work building us here's the thing as we think about what's going to come in the future you're going to be surprised I'm going to be surprised. There are things ahead that we are going to be surprised by. Some of those things that we're going to be surprised by are positive. We're going to be, some things are going to open up and things are going to be fine. Everyone, of course, right now is watching Georgia, aren't we? What happens in Georgia will be something that tells the rest of the country whether or not we can open up. Georgia opened up when on Friday, I think they no longer had stay-at-home orders, and now the rest of the world is, or the rest of the country is watching. Let's see what happens in Georgia, see if we can open up. We may be surprised by something there. We may be surprised by um, uh, how, how easily things go back to what is what we're used to. That's possible. We may be surprised by some negative stuff, some difficulty. This may go on for months. You know, we're hearing, my, my kids are hearing that school will probably start differently even in September. They may continue this distance learning um, maybe until October, maybe even longer than that. That we may not be able to gather as a church until September or October, a full group in a room gathering to worship God. Because when we sing, sing is a, singing is apparently one of the most dangerous things I found out. By the way, when we're here on Sunday morning, when we're, we're all, you know, we do observe social distancing when we're here on Sunday morning. Right now, people are spread out through the sanctuary so they're not close. And we're very conscious of what we do while we're up here. But that, can le that could force us to think, how long is it going to be? Till we gather together again. But here's what I do know, no matter what the circumstances are. God's going to be at work. God's going to be present in this. God's going to transform us in the same way your five-year-old is not the same five-year-old as they were at the beginning of the quarantine, doing the things that they did at the beginning. They're doing different things now. You and I are going to be able to do different things ahead if we fix our eyes on Jesus. If we have confidence and if we allow him to build us, no matter what is ahead, no matter how upset you get or how joyful you get, God will be present in it. God will be shaping, fashioning, and forming you and us into his house. And we can trust that because God is always faithful to his promises. Let's pray. We praise you, God, for building us. And that despite difficult circumstances that sometimes we wish to get out from under, that we wish and we long for to be over, we know within those spaces that you are building us. 
You are the author and perfecter of our faith. You are the one who has been faithful to your calling and so calls us to have the confidence in the faithfulness of your calling on our lives. Lord, fix our eyes on you. Remind us over and over again of this great gift that we have in your grace, that no matter our circumstances, we have confidence in your future for us. And we allowed you to build us. We allow you to build us the way it is that you want to build us for your glory so that your kingdom might grow. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.